if you're listening to this podcast right now, the Working Fans Podcast, then Happy New Year to you. And we know you can listen to other podcasts. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this one, man. I mean, hey, I love podcasts myself, and I'll be listening. So, <laughs> Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at FansWorking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com we're on instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod and then you can now listen to us on all major platforms including anchor.fm we're on google podcasts spotify breaker overcast Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Don't think you have to be an AEW guy or a WWE guy or girl. You know what? You can watch. And, and, and just watch some fucking wrestling and enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to, just because you like one doesn't mean you have to hate the other. 100%. Just, you know what? Don't watch that. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Watch what you like because there's a lot more to choose from now. It's the Working Fans Podcast, and today I have a man who has been a wrestler. He's been a manager. He's been a color commentator. He's been a ring announcer. He's even been an author. He is an author. <laughs> he's a he's a DJ. He's got something going on called COVID Con. He's going to tell us about Mr. Kenny Casanova. Kenny, you got a lot of stuff going on. How you doing? <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it so much. No problem, man. Let's give a little uh, background about you first. I did my homework a little bit here. You can correct me on anything. You were trained right. by Tom Brandy, Matt Bourne, T.C. Reynolds, and Bam Bam Bigelow to be a wrestler. Is that correct? Most most of those sound right. I don't know about Matt Bourne, per se. <laughs> a guy named T.C. Reynolds who used to do a fake doink, so pretty close. Okay. <laughs> Not quite Matt Bourne, but yes. Okay, okay, okay. And you started in 1994, and you right. predominantly wrestled in the New England area? Yeah, that sounds right, yep. Mostly <laughs> up and down the East Coast, mostly New England, yep. Awesome, awesome. And then you uh, you became a manager. You managed guys like King Kong Bundy, Brutus Beefcake? Yep, bunch of uh, old school guys. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And and then you ended up doing kimchi with Kamala for a few times, and that ended up helping you. You ended up writing an autobiography for Kamala, yes? Right, yeah. So that kind of opened me up into the book writing world. So just to, a lot of it blends in. There's a lot of weird, I have a weird skill set. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you'd call it good. It's just very odd. The manager gimmick I did was a karaoke-like gimmick. I would sing my guys to the ring real bad songs like Britney Spears and Tom Jones and stuff so people would boo Huh. That turned into, hey, can you do a karaoke party for me, birthday party or something, hmm. you know? So I was like, geez, I'll try to figure it out because I wanted the payday. You know, old school guys, that's what we look at. And yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I started doing that. That turned into wedding DJ. Can you come do our weddings? So I said, okay, sure, that pays more. I'll try to do that. And then that pulled me out of wrestling a little bit. But then the book thing pulled me back in. So I was able to write the books for the guys. You know, and then the book thing many years later turned into this COVID con, um, which you just mentioned, which has now got me promoting a big convention, a first ever virtual wrestling con, which is going to be on Fight TV and has like 60 names on it. And it's all day Saturday, all day Sunday, you know, and, and that's because I'm an author and I wanted to put something together for the fans who didn't really have anything during, uh, you know, these tough times and stuff. So we came up with that idea and it's, it's taken off. <laughs> wow. So... Now, well, how many books do you have out, Garrett, Kenny? Yeah, so I got. I started with Kamala's. Yep. You know, we raised some something like sixty grand uh, to write a book for him, uh, Kickstarter, as a reward. But then I figured out the whole publishing deal, which turned out to be more lucrative for him, who needed money when he lost both legs of diabetes, on how to publish myself. So I became kind of a publisher. 
So I wrote Kamala's. I wrote Dangerous Danny Davis. That was the bad guy referee in WrestleMania three. I wrote Bruce Beefcakes, Big Van Vader's. Wrote Sabu's book, and I'm currently working with Sid, Just Incredible, and also long term Bruce Pritchard. Oh wow, nice. Uh, you're also you you've been a DJ too. Is that something you're still doing? Yep, still doing that. I mean, right now in New York State, you can't gather. Well, right. uh, any people together more than 50 or so or whatever you know I don't even think it's that now but but yeah typically every weekend turned into me DJing because it was the difference of you know a thousand dollar wedding that you could make or more some weddings make big bucks or um, you know a hot dog and a handshake from some you know backyard promotion or something <laughs> so I had to kind of go where the money was it took me out of the wrestling but during the week I started doing the writing, so I'm still in it. So I'm doing all this crazy little stuff behind the scenes that I that I excel at, but might not be as much on camera that you would see me. Gotcha. And now I also wanted to just ask you real quick. You were a ring announcer, and it, well, so funny story. Actually, sure. Just before this, we taped an interview with Gary Capetta, and we're going to be doing like a ring okay. announcer theme. And uh, nice. I was kind of wondering, do you ever did you borrow from anybody when you were ring announcing? Like anybody's like you know influence you? Probably the fake, because when I do it, I do kind of like a put on voice, more old school, a little bit of Michael Buffer, not really like the newer Justin Roberts sound, right. not really like that. It, it, it was more like oh, this tone tells the schedule for one fall, and more like the the fake, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, I'm a fan of that, so I, that's cool. And I noticed, too, you're also an MMA fan. Did I, did I see that right? To some degree, sure. Yeah. I, I just wonder sometimes, because I noticed it, like, uh, like on your Facebook, I saw some stuff like Conor McGregor and a few other things. And sometimes I like to ask people, because, like, I'm a fan of MMA and pro wrestling, but it seems like MMA fans don't like to really mix the two. But I love mixing the two, because I, <laughs> I think it's all promotion yeah. and showmanship, and that's what makes it great. Yeah. Now, yeah, I bet. I bet if we really did our homework, we could figure out some MMA matches that were works. So. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now, one other question before we just jump more into COVID con. Sure. You, you got introduced into the New England Wrestling Hall of Fame. Is that correct? Yeah, inducted the uh, Hall of Fame two thousand and I want to say four or five. Forgive me, I can't remember the year. Too many chair shots in the head, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Real big night, you know, they do a big, good job there. Um, it's Joe Bruin, his name is, and he's had the thing going for quite a number of years, and he also has, like, a big fan fest. He, he works around it and does a super job, so uh, yeah, shout out to him. So tell me about COVIDCon in the sense, I know the days, but who's going to be there and what's some of the stuff we can expect and how did this all come about? Jeez, okay, so there's a guy named John Cosper. He writes, uh, he wrote, like, David Schultz's book, who's kind of relevant again. You know, oh, yeah. David Schultz with that uh, Dark Side of the Ring getting out there recently. But uh, he wrote his book, and he, he writes to me one day after the COVID thing was going on here, and he sent me, um, it looked like a, a book fair, Zoom kind of thing that a college was putting on. He's like, geez, I wonder if we could do one for our books with wrestling. And, and like a light bulb went above my head, literally. If you could picture a cartoon, like that's what I think happened. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, dude, hold my beer. Because I had nothing to do, really. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I'm, I'm an English teacher also, and I teach during the day, you know, but I needed something to do, so I pretty took off with it, and I started seeing who I could book, and something that, you know, I've always pushed for, one of the rules of success is, doesn't hurt to ask, so I started asking all my contacts and seeing who I could get together. Immediately, DDP said yes, so I was like, okay, this is going to be big, I could probably put his face on stuff, and, you know, so I got DDP. Shortly after that, we had, like, Hurricane. But then, I don't know, uh, Al Snow is in. I'm just trying to figure some of the big major names. But we have every major wrestling book author, which was the idea to this. And we threw a bunch of other wrestlers in to kind of, like, you know, pull some eyes on the event and so we could help sell more books. But now the, the wrestlers will be able to sell more 8x10s and shirts and stuff. So it's, it's a good win for all of the guests because they've got nothing they can do now. They can't really go to a wrestling show. You can't do any sort of appearances anywhere for the time being. But also, what it also does is it gives back to the fans because the fans can't really, like, go enjoy anything either. So I said, hey, let's... So I said to my buddy John, I said, rather than do Zoom or something, here's my idea. Let's make a Facebook page and we'll make a ton of Q&As, panels and individuals and stuff where the fans can actually interact with the people that they admire and they want to know more about. And from there, we'll just let... Uh, we'll let 
their questions via the content. So we're doing Facebook Lives, and it's going to be one constant stream from like 9 in the morning on Saturday until midnight, and then it starts up again 9 the next morning. And it's just every half hour, a new wrestler, a wrestling personality, or like an author or historian comes on to do a Q&A. And there'll also be run-ins in different people's feeds, and there'll be panels. Like we have an ECW panel. It has Sabu and Just Incredible and Joel Gertner in it. We have a tag team panel with like Typhoon, you know, the Shockmaster with like one of the one of the Bushwhackers, cousin Luke. You know, so we're trying to mix things up. We've got ODB's got a special guest that she hasn't announced, which is another uh, female wrestler that people know. So that kind of thing. A lot of little surprises here and there. Michael Kingston's going to do something with Hurricane Helms, uh, and Michael Kingston's the guy that puts a headlock comic out. So yeah, there's all kinds of neat stuff going on. Coco Beware is there, the Nasty Boys. <laughs> we got all stuff for old school. You got everybody you can find. Yeah, that Oscar, like you said, you had him on last week. Oscar uh, gave me a call and he was interested. So yeah, we gave him a spot. And that's some real good wrestle crap right there. Now, you, people who like wrestle crap, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the fun gimmicky stuff. Got him. We got Alex the Pug Parto. <laughs> We got uh, wow. some cool stuff going on. You found everybody um, in think, that 90s type era right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a bunch of them. We got uh, like Marty the Mops from Lucha Underground. Oh. Uh, Kevin Kleinrock, who does the Mask Republic. Oh, yeah. Uh, minute on some podcasts. Uh, he's going to show up with some Lucha Underground guys and talk Lucha. So we also have a guy named Peter Bregman who's doing coloring books for wrestlers. He's got like. And I help write him sometimes. He's got one for Demolition called Demolition on Mars. Sabu versus the Three Little Pigs. He's got, uh, oh, Cactus Jack and the Beanstalk. I uh, did McFoley's coloring book. So we're trying to grab stuff from all over the place. We've got John Crowther, who does a lot of the guys' uh, comic books. So there's a comic book element to, to the whole thing. And then we've got Scott Teal, Crowbar Press. We've got Michael Holmes from ECW Press. And all different little authors that are surrounded by all of the uh, small publishers uh, wrestling-related books. He's written Flair's book. He wrote the, the Iron Sheik book that was shelved. We've got the guy that wrote Jim Ross's books. So we got all kinds of, uh, O'Brien, we got all kinds of cool stuff, a little bit of stuff for everybody, I think. All right, well, that's awesome, man. Sounds like you got uh, your hands full and should be a fun time for everybody. So everything they can find out about this is on Facebook? Sure. I mean, if you go to our page that we made just for the Comic-Con, I should call it Comic-Con, I guess, a wrestling-con, uh, you go to facebook.com backslash groups and then backslash wrestling bookmarks. So the group that we're putting together is a bunch of authors and our group name is the wrestling bookmarks. We spell it like a bookmark, like you would put it in the book, but it is a play on the word because it's like marks for books. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> yeah. cool. so go there and you can also see it free on fight TV. But if you want to ask questions, you got to go to the Facebook page so you can interact with the wrestlers. If you just want to watch it, Fight TV is a great outlet for that. Awesome. And you're on Fight TV, too. That's awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Is there anything else you want to say before we go, then? No, that'd be great. I think we're going to have a Pro Wrestling Tee COVID Con t-shirt if people are, like, really into it and want to check that out. Any money we make from that, we're going to pay the moderators and stuff because basically everybody's doing stuff for free. Again, this is just a fun thing for the fans and just kind of like a book fair type thing to put your stuff out there with a lot of fun Q&A in between. And I just want to appreciate, show you my appreciation for having us on and let's plug it a little bit and, you know, keep stuff fun for the fans out there. Keep the legend alive. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Kenny. Yeah, we'll definitely plug this. And I'm super excited for the event, man. It's cool. Thank you. Thank you. Working Fans Podcast, welcome back for another week of the 531, where we take a top five list on a particular subject, debate it down to a top three list, and then we debate it down to the number one spot, the number one stunner, the top gun, the king of the hill, mm. cream of the crap, freak out, freak out, <sighs> leaning a little bit on that mic, Dave, what it is is what it is, and what it is. This week, we have the top five entrance themes. And this is a list that, would you say, people got back to us pretty quick with? Yeah, this is the most enthusiastic uh, enthusiastic list that people got back to me on. I mean, we've got a good fan base, but like, I don't think we've seen a response like we did for this. And the first list we have is Jake 
St. John, author, friend of the show. What did he give us, like 10 people? He had the Hollywood Blondes WCW theme, obviously Stone Cold's theme, Minoru Suzuki's Kaza Ninare. He originally had Daniel Bryan's Flight of the Valkyries, but one of his previous honorable mentions, the Midnight Express WCW theme, took that spot. His final spot was the Raven ECW theme, The Offspring, and that leaves his honorable mentions as the Skyscrapers WCW theme and Daniel Bryan, Flight of the Valkyries. He also mentioned to me that Lex Luger, U.S. title reign in WCW, had a heck of a theme. Check it out. Recommend that. I'm sure that didn't come off Randy's list? Nope. I mean, Randy might have had that list, too. I'm telling you, me and Jake offhanded had that conversation. Hey, I'm not the one who smokes weed. All right, don't worry about my memory. <laughs> I know you got you've got the killer memory out of this. I'm definitely gonna leave some people out of this list. Sure, I got you back. Scott from Voluntown. Now I can attest that Marty Skrull's one true villain, the top of his list, it's on his workout mix. He brags about this song any chance he gets. It it's a very good theme. It'll really get you like ready for a Skrull match. Yeah. The surprising pick on this list is Hiroki Goto's theme. Had doubt. H-A-D-O-U. Yeah. Deep cut. I don't spell... I don't speak Japanese. Yeah. Jay Lethal's Scorched Ops is number three. Kenny Omega's Devil's Sky is number four. And Mitsuhara Misawa's Spartan X takes up the final spot. He's a big fan of the uh, Japanese theme songs. Yes. And the Lapsed Fan has been doing something lately where they do a Lapsed Fan jukebox, they call it, where one of the guys just basically vocalizes the theme songs. And it's pretty funny. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan. If you get a chance, anybody out there, check out The Lapsed Fan. Very good deep dives on things and, like, comedy deep dives. Now, Jake's brother, Zach, got us a list. He has Flair, which I would assume 2001, The Space Odyssey. I, I mean, I don't know how many other songs Flair had, but that's the one I would... No, I mean, there was probably a WWF theme, but if you like the WWF theme better than the theme to 2001, A Space Odyssey, I'm sorry, Zach, but you can get the fuck off our podcast. The WWE theme was almost similar, too, so it's not... Oh, I'm sure it was just, like, a great value version of it. Like, how close can we get without going over? This theme was, like, something like... dun da 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 dun da 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 you're welcome for that it's that little thing where it's like we had the drum roll before we ripped off by the way i got a bug in my throat today and i'm first time using this mic so if i suck at this forgive me (laughs) we are recording in the studio in jewish city we are watching wrestling while we record aka joe's shitty room (laughs) it's overheated Oh, yeah, we didn't speak about how this place is going to be a sweat box, but I think once we get this place going, this is where the podcast is birthed from. Until then, you got to pay your dues, son. Yeah, now we actually have a dedicated workspace rather than just my desk next to the the washer and dryer downstairs where, like, I would set up audio work, but, like, if I had to put a video together to make, I would make the video while I do wash so I'm not washing and trying to hear everything. Or, uh, but you guys are getting a little behind the scenes with all that yeah record record in my little room yeah everybody get together come on aj you sit on the bed (laughs) not to be weird or nothing number two on zach's list is hogan real american which i'll be surprised if this one doesn't take the crown we almost should have taken real american out of this classic i have real american on there scott does not have real american oh i'm surprised he likes that he put that over oh it's a it's a big song but I, there are so many new modern songs that almost trump that era. He actually dropped this on me the other day. The real American song was originally meant for Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. The U.S. Express. At the- yes, I've, I heard that at one time, and that's crazy to think. Yeah. Hogan heard the song, and he's like, I'm sorry, that's not working for me, brother. That's not going to work for me, brother. That's going this way. Sorry, little Rotunda, man. <laughs> Stone Cold is number three on his list. Another good pick. Mm. Number four is Mr. Perfect. It's good. And number five is Randy Savage. Good list. Don't forget the super bitch. (laughs) I know. We're watching ROH Best of the World, and it's ACH and Matt Seidel versus the decade of BJ Whitmer and probably the youngest Adam Page ever. Back when I thought Adam Page was just so-so. I mean, this is one of my favorite events we're watching the roh best in the world battle of the belts 
Lethal versus Briscoe, by far, maybe my favorite event ever. Hmm. But, I mean, we're getting caught up by what's on the TV. Let's get back to the... Eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. Mike Flynn has Piper's WWF theme as his number one. Jericho, Break the Walls Down is number two. Punk, Cult of Personality is three. Yeah, it's going. DX theme is four. And then RVD's ECW song is five. What's the... Do you ever know, no you know the band? I have no idea what his ECW is. No, the band that sings the DX song? No. It's actually, I want to say, to play off words, I believe it's age. It's age against the machine. So, like, you know how they sing it a little bit like rage? Yeah. yeah. That's similar, yeah. And I think the lead singer died. Yeah, he's dead. But moving on, Josh Dunn, friend of the show from Rock and Randy's Rock and Wrestling Group. He gave us a list of four. I mean, five because one of them's a tag team, but he's got Nick Gage. Okay. David Starr. Doom Patrol, which is Chris Dickinson and Jaka from Evolve Beyond Northwest Indies. And Kenny Omega's his number four. Uh, David Starr, that's the song It's like by uh, 80s pop singer there. Yeah, I'm not sure who it is. It definitely sounds like an 80s song. It's 80s. It's I, the same people who sing, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Oh, Joe and Jet. Yeah, it's Joe and Jet. Yeah, yeah, not pop, but yeah. All right, not a bad list. Randy's got a list for us. Hit me, Randy. He's got the Steve Austin theme, so I'm going to say Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes' AEW theme. Sure. The DX theme. Hey, making a... Hit here. Edge theme. That's a good one. And then Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. I might put Edge on mine. I haven't decided yet. Last yeah. second. Uh-huh. I got a list right now. Edge might slip in. AJ's got a list, and I feel like he was going for the deep cuts on this almost. There he was. He's got The Undertaker, Johnny Cash, Ain't No Grave, 2011. That's a good theme. Man in Black. Got to put him on the list. CM Punk, Cult of Personality. Kevin Von Erich, Stranglehold. Hey, motherfucker, I got that one. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Bruiser Brody has ZZ Top, I Am Bad, I'm Nationwide, and Randy Orton with Richard Luzzi's Voices. Dave, what do you got a list for your top five entrance? I ain't changing it. Kevin Von Erich, Stranglehold makes my list. Hollywood Blondes, Jake was right. I'm going to put that on there. Also, this is a <clears throat> deep one for you guys. The Chicago Bulls theme song. I forget the name of it. Fuck, we did this with, we talked this over with Roy Lusher. Right, and Ricky Steamboat would come out to that. And Ricky Steamboat is number one on my list for that reason, by the way. I was kind of going out of order here. Also, Johnny Cash, Ain't No Grave. Sorry. And a tie for number five, the Owen Hart theme and the Four Horsemen theme. And also, uh, while we're at it, throw in uh, Kerry Von Eric, the Tom Sawyer, Modern Day Warrior. And an honorable mention, of course. What was the one we were just talking about a minute ago on AJ's list? You know what? Fuck it. That's good enough. That's all you get. That's a solid list. I'll give you mine right now. I've got Kazai Ninare on there from Minoru Suzuki. Obviously, Real American. I don't think you can grow up our age and not have... If Real American's not on your list, it's not going to be very far from it, I can't imagine. That classic Bret Hart theme from WWF. Nah, I'm upset I didn't put that on, but go ahead. I wrote this list as you were reading off yours, so I was just lucky that it popped into my head at that moment. I've got Cult of Personality after that, and I'm going to go with Break the Walls Down as my number five. It's a good one. Bret Hart and the Ultimate Warrior theme are a couple honorable mentions for me, too. I love those songs. All right, so if we're looking at these lists... One question. Did we read off Jesse from New Hampshire's list? We did not read off Jesse from New Hampshire's list. Jesse, we fucked you, and you can hear me dropping the phone on the table just because I'm going to look this one up. We can't do you wrong this many days in a row. Mm-hmm. Jesse's list has Real American from Hogan, Stan Hansen, All Japan Pro Wrestling theme, the Beverly Brothers theme song, mm. Tommy Dreamer, Man in the Box, and damn it, Sandman, Enter Sandman. He's got some interesting lists there. The Beverly Brothers... I mean, I kind of remember that one, and I don't remember liking it, but <laughs> I'll have to go check that out now. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting. What is your brother's name? Is that you? <laughs> Siri wants to know Dave's brother's name. It's none of your damn business, Siri. <laughs> God, the government's listening in. We are, uh, we're getting used to this equipment, folks. <laughs> like these telephones. <laughs> so we, we got a lot of lists at, in ahead of us. <laughs> So uh, we gotta get out of here. Drugs, Joe's drug dealer is coming in. All right, hold on. <laughs> what do we got? We didn't forget anybody, right? No, I believe we got everybody. 
we have a real mix of lists. Mm-hmm. And you definitely read Randy's list, right? Yes, I did. So Real American made a lot of lists, so that's going to be on the number one spot. I'm going to put the Stone Cold list as two, or Stone Cold theme as two. And then looking at all these other lists, kind of who do you think goes in that third spot? Was there a lot of twos? Like me and AJ both had the Von er- Kevin Von Erich theme and Johnny Cash. I know me and Jake both had Hollywood Blondes. So I'm just wondering, was you see a third in there anywhere? No, but let's give... Stranglehold's a hell of a fucking song. It's a hell of a song. I'll throw it in there. Yeah. And just the way, like, it gets the crowd whooped up, especially with, like, you got the love of the Von Ericks and then Stranglehold on top of it. And MLW, I mean, I would say that Marshall and Ross come up to a somewhat of a parody of that song. It's- oh, yeah. It's definitely got the feel of it. So between Real American Stone Cold's theme and Stranglehold, which is the first to go? That's a tough one. Now, all right. I feel like it's going to be like every other time we do this list and the last one in is going to be the first one out because stone cold and hogan's themes are just well that's the thing so what do you want to go by if you go by just the quality of song i actually say stranglehold might be the best song now if you're going by in terms of wrestling though like better than real american when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside i mean some might argue those lyrics are a little bit corny and that's kind of why it's so good video is definitely for now but that's just an, that's one argument now when you're talking about epicness though stranglehold unfortunately i would say isn't as epic as stone cold or hulk hogan so in terms of wrestling sure i'll kick off stranglehold but I do want to say, in terms of a song, a jam, like if I was going to show people, like, hey, what's a song you like to listen to? I'd probably go, here, listen to Kevin Von Eric. I wouldn't go, <laughs> check out this real American brother. <laughs> hey, hey, girls, where are you going? Uh, I don't know. Real American's good. Like, if you want to pop off a good 4th of July party. True, 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 true. I don't know. It doesn't. All right, so if we're doing this. It doesn't feel right to take Stranglehold off, no matter how crazy Ted Nugent is. <laughs> But if we're going to get rid of Real American or Stone Cold's theme, who goes? Well, to me... Here, I'm going to make an executive call. Okay. Go ahead, brother. This is very timely. Yeah. Given the way events have been lately. Mm, We need some Real American. I was going to say, you spoke with Barrington Hughes about this, so I think him addressing the Black Lives Matter movement means more coming from him. Sure. But Black Lives Matter, and we're going to get Hulk Hogan's song the fuck out of here. Oh, right, right, right. Little thing, though. He's a racist fuck. I forgot it. That's fine. Allegedly. I don't want to say that in case you get sued. I mean, it's on tape. I know. I'm pretty sure it's on tape. I'll probably be fine. (laughs) It was actually the first time we went to the Barclays Center for NXT TakeOver. It might have been a little bit after that happened. I don't know timeline. But I'm walking in the subway and there's this black dude whistling this song. And it didn't occur to me at first what it was. But when I realized he was whistling Hogan's theme, I was like, oh, wow, that's... That's understanding right there. I mean, it's a catchy song, but... but. I want to throw this out there. Let's kick out Hogan's all together, but he doesn't even make the final three. Fuck him. All right? So if that's the case, I'm, I'm going back here a little bit. All right? I want to pitch an idea for you. Two other guys that make the final top three here. All right? Johnny Cash, Ain't No Grave. That's one. Or the DX theme was mentioned quite a bit, it felt like. Man in Black. I like it. <laughs> We're joking a lot about it, but... I think for us to make a serious statement about things would almost be out of character for us. We do want to show our support for Black Lives Matter. The interview I have with Barrington Hughes will cover how I feel, how I think I speak for all of us here, and how, uh, obviously, Barrington more importantly feels. I mean, who really gives a fuck? Like, how do white guys feel about it? I think it's important that we at least make a statement, but not go overboard. Yeah, we ain't shit. But bottom line is, we all hate racism here. Yeah, we don't want to stay quiet, because I almost feel like not addressing it is almost like being complicit with it. Yeah. And I mean, anybody that's heard me tell the story about the dude at work that had the swastika tattoo, I'm going to be a little vocal about it, so... I wanted to keep it to a minimum because we're all shits and giggles here. Yeah, I think this is a chance a lot of times for people to kind of like forget about the bullshit that's going on. Yeah, so, but yeah, honestly, make no mistake about it here at the Workers Fans Podcast. We don't fucking like racism. No, not in the least. Not our thing. Now, we're going to need, oh yeah, we're going to go with Johnny Cash as the number three on this list. I already forgot that. Yeah, unless unless you wanted to pick DX. I don't feel like you give a fuck about the DX theme, though. 
the DX theme is good, but, but it would have made my list. You got I threw it in there because it was popular with other people. You've got it up against Stone Cold, Real American, and now Johnny fucking Cash. Or no, Stone Cold Stranglehold in, yeah. Jesus, I already fucking forgot twice. <laughs> That's all right, brother. Take another hit. All right, I'm going to go with, uh, you know what? I got a cough button now, so we can do that. <laughs> so, Johnny Cash. Yeah, let's bring Johnny Cash, and let's keep the tradition alive. Fuck Johnny Cash. Let's have a stranglehold and the Stone Cold theme. It's tough, but it's almost like once you're trying to figure that third person in, it's almost like you're making an excuse to get them into that third slot. So they're almost the first to go every time. Yeah, they're gone. Stone Cold and Stranglehold. This is tough. You know, in terms of iconic, I'd say you almost got to go with Stone Cold. But part of me just wants to say, fuck all that noise. He ain't never did our podcast, but Ross and Marshall did. So I almost want to give it to Stranglehold just because of what you were talking about. How it was so big for Kevin during that time. And then now his sons have almost like a version of it that they can use in MLW. Yeah, I, I'm for it. I'm a mark for that song. Hey, it's our fucking show. Sorry, people. Write us in if you don't like it or text me. You know who you are. <laughs> All right. So this week, the top. Oh, wait. I fucked up and I forgot to play perhaps maybe the best theme song of all. Now let's go out on this beat. As always, guys, you know where to find us. The email is workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. The Twitter is at fansworking. The Instagram, workingfanswrestling underscore pod. We got the Dave and AJ Facebook profile. We got the Working Fans Podcast Wrestling page on Facebook. Follow us where you can. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Don't leave us out there. And you guys have a good night. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your bronze beauty black fatal very confused, and you're listening to the Working Fans Podcast. All right, everybody, it's the Working Fans Podcast. This is the man they call Dave, and today we got one of the biggest stars on the independent scene, literally and figuratively. Some call him the Carmel Colossus, Mr. Barrington Hughes. Barrington, how are you today, sir? What's going on, my man? Not too much, not too much. You know... One of the first things I want to ask you, I dove into this recently with Danny Moff, and the way I went about it is, when I was growing up a wrestling fan, I was into, like, Jimmy Snuka, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, and then I graduated, I got into, like, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect, and I'm wondering, like, how was your fandom in wrestling? Like, who were some of the guys you liked when you were younger, as you got older, and now that you're in the business? When I broke in, I was a huge Razor Ramon fan. When I was when I first broke in, being a fan, yeah, loved Razor Ramon, loved One Two Three Kid. I was uh, a big Ron Simmons fan too. I watched a little bit of WCW early on. The yeah. Baker, so many others. And then as after I started training and really started opening up the tape library, oh, and I forgot about the Great Sasuke. I discovered Great Sasuke in high school through old tape trading. Oh, okay. so. It's not the great Sasuke. Well, so when I became, you know, when I became more active and I started, you know, I, you know, I started looking around, for, started watching a lot of different guys. That um, one that bring, that comes up to my mind is uh, Gary Albright, who doesn't really get enough credit as being a legit fucking monster. Mm. French, but he was one of the biggest baddest mofos that just doesn't get enough love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've come into. I've recently started discovering Gary Albright, actually. Someone hooked me up to that, and uh, you ain't lying. Very physical. That all Japan style, too. Like, I've been learning about that recently. Oh, my God. <laughs> Big time. Big uh, time, bro. You said Ron Simmons. So, were you watching, like, for me, Simmons, I mean, I followed his career, like, for a while in Doom, but, like, when he won WCW Heavyweight Championship, and I think Bill Watts was, like, promoting at the time, they had this TV tape in, and, like, he won it, like, in this lottery, and it was, like, some of the best... TV, I remember watching at the time. I think, like, Dusty Rhodes was on that TV episode, too, and it was, like, uh-huh. tremendous. Do you, is that what you remember, too, like, growing up? For sure. Yeah. It, was, it was so unexpected. Nobody thought. They knew it was going to be a good match, but nobody thought that Simmons had a, you know, a bad chance of, of winning the title. And then one snap power slam later and yeah. count the lights, you're like, yo, is it really going to happen? Mm-hmm. 
can you see that crowd and the way they acted, the way they erupted yeah. their reaction to it? It was a genuine feel good moment, you know. Hundred percent. That's what I still remember is that crowd. They're just jumping up and down. So, how did you break into the business? Who helped you and who trained you and got you started? All right. So basically, a family, very good, good uh, somebody that's very close to me helped me find the school and started training in December of 2010. I started training under Rusty Brooks and Flex Magnum, who was local to South Florida at the time, and he was honest with me. He's like, "Look, if you want to take this seriously, you will." I will, I'm more than willing to train you, but it's up to you to do the work after that. And again, I'm just pointing to on, you know, how to negotiate the business a little bit, you know, how to navigate with promoters and things and what to expect. And, you know, I trained for nine months. I, I started off as a manager. Then I shortly, you know, I broke off shortly thereafter and just been going ever since. I was noticing your nicknames. You had like the Carmel Colossus, the Carmel Kodiak, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mills favorite wrestler which i loved i was wondering like how does that come about like the nickname process did you have a say in that or is it promoters like here try this out or how's that come the only one that a promoter gave me was comic locker and that was when i got to lw i wanted to go back but they you know they're really adamant on lots of things to kind of pull, you know pull up my size and it's like okay i guess but um everything else has always been you know, my greater process and always trying to be a little different because everybody's thinking amazing and spectacular. If you're a they use a lot of description type words uh, when they're doing themselves. And it's like, you know, let's be a little bit, I always thought to myself, I can be a little bit more creative than that. And one of my favorite practices has always been Method Man. And if you know Method Man, you've always had 20 plus nicknames. So I kind of looked at that and was like, well, let me play around with a few of these and see what I came up with. And then remembering the old Oreo ad uh, from back in the day, Milk's Favorite Cookie, mm-hmm. I was like, huh. So I, you know, tooled around with it a couple of times, and that's how we came up with Milk's Favorite Cookie. I like it. I like it. You know, it's funny. You said, like, have a bunch of nicknames like that. Because when I started getting back into, like, independent wrestling, like, I'll say 2015, one of the first uh, shows I went to, David Starr was there and had, like, 10, 12 different nicknames. And that hooked me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's different, you know? Right. I was actually done introductions where they have to have, I give them a list of, like, three or four different monikers. So by the time I get in the ring, I can hit my goals, and it's hilarious. Now, you were, if I'm right in my research here, you studied graphic design. Uh, <clears throat> has that helped you out in wrestling, whether promotion, t-shirts, posters, or anything? Oh, for sure. Um, when I first broke in, before I even became an active wrestler, I was, you know, I would design costumes and stuff. I would do a lot of gear work for uh, local guys and, and you know, kind of bringing some unique styles in. Um, from all the way from my local independence all the way up to WWE. Um, I did a lot of uh, video grind stuff during the other one back in the day. I've done stuff for TJ Perkins. I've done stuff for you know, quite a few notable notable guys. And it's always been a passion of mine. I was always uh, an artistic kid growing up. I mean, I just love doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have uh, a lot of irons in the fire, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. One other thing I noticed about, like, I just I couldn't confirm, but are you into powerlifting as well? Somewhat. I'm super amateur powerlifter. I've never competed, unfortunately. I do want to eventually, uh, once my health allows, we'll get back into it and, and really give it a shot. But I train like a powerlifter. You know, my, my tag team partner, he's done it in the past. So he kicks my butt every time we go to the gym. But I love it. I love the aspect of just raw strength. Yeah. Now, you're talking about health. What are some of maybe the worst injuries you've suffered in the ring uh, so far? In ring? I've been lucky enough, knock on wood. Oh, okay. You know, to not suffer any in ring injuries, but recently um, I actually had a health care where I had some lung issues due to some, some bad habits. Nothing drug related, thankfully. But it took me some time to, you know, recover and, and get back. And now, you know, I'm getting a whole lot better. Mm. I was in the hospital about two months. Um, and I was in a coma for almost two weeks at the wow. beginning of the year. Wow, so okay. So, well, you're happy to be here right now then. Very good. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Are you still with MLW at this moment? Uh, no, I actually requested my release back in December, which was granted at the end of the year. Okay. So looking to do some more stuff independently when things get back to normal, maybe, and health is good for you. Absolutely. 
Okay, so yeah, speaking of like that, so like one of the things like a uh, big topic I'd say today right now is like a lot of the real world issues that are taking over are more important probably than wrestling. We are in a crazy time. Like I was listening to this article today. It's like we have basically like the race riots from the 60s. We have like, a plague and we have elements of like the depression with a lot of people out of work right now. Um, oh, yeah. How has some of this stuff affected you negatively or, you know, trying to stay positive? Like, what's some stuff going on with you right now because of this? I mean, of course it affects you negatively. Um, thankfully, my, my family, we're, we're maintaining fairly well under the circumstances. I'm out of the hospital, and I got out of the hospital right before the, the, the COVID scare got really bad. Um, so that was really perfect timing on that. Um, and then from there, you know, I've just been doing my with my family, making sure they're good. And um, just recently, in the past week, I want to say, I've just kind of taken it upon myself, me and several other members um, of all walks of life, not just black wrestlers, but just really started saying, you know what, we're going to start policing the business. You know, we're going to start cleaning up, cleaning up the good old boys, the racist, mm. the, the negative, and just really make it a better space for everyone involved. So that's basically keeping up a lot of my time. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's something we should all be working on, just in general in our life, to like be better people and try to listen more and work with other people to make sure we're all... We should all be loving a little more, basically, you know? We, we should. Unfortunately, not everybody sees it that way, and that's what the problem. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's amazing. Like, I'm a white guy, but my mom's Puerto Rican. We grew up, though, like in an African-American community when I was younger. My father... We were in... Race was never an issue, is my point, like, in my family. So I didn't really think about this stuff, and I would hear things when I was a kid. And I, even as a kid, I was like, oh, that's off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, no, stay away from those people. But I thought we had kind of gotten beyond that a little bit over the last few years because a lot of younger people I know are, like, totally not about that at all. Like, just the complete opposite. Like, they're about welcoming everybody. But right. but like then you see these things happening now. It's like, geez, we're really we really have to deal with this twenty twenty and we have all this other shit going on and it's just like it blows my mind. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating because you think that we you know, we as a people have gotten past this and grown from it and gotten better, but because so many people are not willing to tackle the issue head on and say, you know what, this is really a problem. This needs to be addressed. Everybody's like, ah, uh, you know, it's it's not that bad, or we have other things to worry about. It's always it always gets moved down the docket mm-hmm. to where it never. So now we've come to this point in 2020 where it's still a problem. It's still prevalent, and then because of things that are coming from the top that help ignite that that negative rhetoric, yeah. now you have people kind of going at each other for no reason outside of the color of their skin, which is really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're right. Like, I don't want to get too political, but I feel like there's certain things that have set us back, if anything, too. And it's like, you know, we got we to gotta play catch-up here big time. Is that part of this? I don't know this. I don't know if it's connected, but I saw on your uh, Facebook, hashtag NaFam. Is that part of this, or what is that? No, NaFam is just me. Okay. NaFam is just Yeah, that's my thing. Now, the other hashtag, I don't know if you've been checking the last few days, the one that really, I started a hashtag call out a racist. Okay. There's also another call out racist that I'm kind of including because it's more expensive. And a lot of guys that unfortunately have been called out in the past few days, it's been, it's, it's been really bad. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not name names. If you go down the list, you'll see them um, everywhere from local promoters to guys that have been all the way to the top, you know, and it's like, it sucks. Because a lot of these people we watch on TV and we admire it and we like them, we support them, or we bought them better, and then you see how they scheme and how they think and they feel about it and it breaks your heart, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely been eye-opening, to say the least, just the amount of hate that's out there. Even, like, I've heard, like, on the flip side of that, like, people that are generally outraged and should be, but, like, I heard some guy say his solution was, well, we need to genocide these racists and these horrible people. And I'm like, well, genocide doesn't seem like where we should be going with anything right now. Like, maybe we all need to love and try to figure out how to handle this, but at the same time... Man, I get where the anger's coming from because, like I said, like I start seeing this stuff now, and and I'm getting older too. But I don't know everything I see on this stuff like just makes me so angry. It's like, oh, yeah. Here's the thing, man. It's 
it's a generation of people that are not willing to listen to the voice of reason. You have young people that want to be progressive and want to do things different, but we're not coming together to say, okay, let's move each other out. Why do we feel, feel and how can we get past it and move forward? That's the problem. There's so many things that need to be done, but nobody knows where to start. I mean, tough to segue, but we'll go back to wrestling a little bit here. You know, talking, you're a very passionate guy, I can see that. What about the art of a promo? Like, how, is a promo something that was always, was it challenging for you? Was it something you felt you excelled at? Where do you put that in, like, the terms of the wrestling game? Promos, listen, man, if you can cut a, and this, this is probably today, if you can cut a good promo, your skills don't have to be, and it's not saying that you don't, that you're not supposed to train, that you shouldn't have your skills up far. But certain things that you may lack in the athleticism department, you can more than make up for in promo and being able to tell a story with your body, with your words, with your mind, mm-hmm. being able to tell people in and make them feel what you feel or make them or manipulate those emotions. That is a fucking good promo to be. Now, I was that very early on by, you know, a former tag partner, still a good friend of mine, Ben Melton. He really taught me the, the nuances of promos and having, you know, my mentors that I have now and Low-Key and MVP and Jay Horn. There's a lot of guys that helped me over the years really understand the importance of the promo. And they say, you should be able to get your point across. And what I wanted to start doing with the guys that I mentor and the girls that I talk to, because not your guy, guys and girls that I mentor, I tell them all the time, stop cutting wrestling promos. And it's going to sound weird as hell when I say this. Don't do wrestling. You know, watch acting monologues. Watch stuff that you see where somebody's trying to get you to feel something or relate to something. And then apply that to wrestling. Because that way, it doesn't come off as, well, I'm going to be here at this place at this time. And I'm going to face this person and this is going to happen. You see how redundant that can be after a while. We've done that for 30 years. Right. And if you go past that basic promo, then, brother, you're not going to move up that card. But you get somebody like me that can pull in some emotion and make you think about them, whether it's laugh, cry, get you mad. And I, I have more value to a promoter. I have more value to myself above anything. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. One of the things I liked about uh, the NWA Power promotion is that they would get guys in the studio and they would cut promos off the mic and like guys like I'll just throw like Tim Storm and stuff out there. You can tell it's like, oh, that guy is who he is. Like that's a legitimate, you know, not too far from what he is. Mm-hmm. For sure, and that's what it's about, man. Like I've I've had the opportunity to work with with Tim Storm, and he's a great dude. I'm still, you know, especially for a day, he can go. Yeah, you go. You know, he's not super driving off the top rope, but he can brawl with you. He can go step by step when need be. But he has that emotion. He's having love for the business, and he feels that every time he talks. That might same thing with Nick Aldis. He he believes he is the best thing smoking in professional wrestling, and it's. Any person cutting a promo doesn't believe that, or you don't feel that you're the best in the mm-hmm. you know, right? Why do it? Don't waste your time, don't waste your own time. Yeah. Like, one thing as a fan, I would say that, um, like, we'll take all this for a second. One thing I like about him is. His persona, his character, and the way he uh, articulates everything, and even down to his in-ring work, and the way he brings it all together, it feels like a big fight feel. It doesn't feel like I'm watching a pro wrestling match. It feels like I'm watching a heavyweight championship boxing match or an MMA fight for the title. Exactly. That's what we have to bring back into wrestling, that big fight feel. Mm. Every bout part should feel like, oh, man, I can't wait to do it. And if you can't get that emotion, you need to get a manager that can do it. Right. And that's another more missing in the business now are competent, talented managers. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed that. You know, that's really good. He's learned over the years, you know, and gotten a lot better uh, in my boy, Dan Ragu. But you have a lot of managers that they're not adequate in training or they're not, you know, they're not taking their craft seriously enough. They're weekend warriors. They can come and do these lame duck promos and they're not putting in the work they're supposed to. And not one, and they wonder why their guy's not getting over because they're not doing their due diligence. That's why. Hmm. Heel face. Do you have a preference, and what are some of the challenges of both? I've always liked working heel. It's always been fun to me because I like to be able to cuss people out <laughs> with no consequence. It's easier for me to get people to hate me than to like me. But for some reason, the past years, fans love me. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> what? <laughs> You know, I started off as a heel manager when I came in. Didn't really cut the breast promo, but those have gotten better over the years. But in time, whether it's myself or with my tag partner in Tragic City, 
we always try to, you know, put our best foot forward when there's acting You know, if we're going to be baby faces and we're going to have that problem behind us, we're going to be raucous. We're going to be the party starters, not necessarily dancing and singing because that's not what we do anymore, but we're going to get that crowd behind us and then, hey, we're, we're coming to do work. We're coming to bring war. You know what I mean? And then the same thing as heels, yeah, they're like, here we go. It's going to be another funeral. You know, it's, it's that kind of feel that we try to bring, depending on each side of the coin. When you're performing, and I've heard this slogan, I think we kind of alluded to it earlier too, like, you know, coming from the heart. Like, there's a saying, you don't want to play wrestler, you want to be the guy. Would that be the equivalent, like, like when you're getting ready to go out there, do you have to almost, like, flip a switch? Is it kind of like a thing, like, you know, like, okay, you got to psych yourself up and get a zone before you go out to the ring? Absolutely. For me personally, I, at least 30 to 10 minutes before a match, I have to listen to music. I have to listen to certain songs that get me hyped. Not necessarily hype as in like, oh man, I'm hyping off the walls, but I have to get me into the proper mindset of the story I'm about to sell. You know, once I feel that emotion, that feeling, like, now it's going to be work. Now it's time to go out and, and do what we're in the deal. That's right. I like that. Now, not going to keep you too long today. Uh, just tell me, what are some of the goals you have in wrestling still that you want to accomplish, or maybe even life goals? Um, a few of them actually are once I get medical clearance in return. Definitely get back out and, and hit the Indies with a vengeance and put in some serious work. Just really show that Barrington Hughes is more than a one-trick pony that was seen on TV. Um, I feel like I have the handcuffs on a lot of times in MLW. Because a lot of people have seen my indie work. They're like, yo, I didn't know you could do all that. I'm like, well, So I'm hoping to do that and really branch out, get on the international floor, Germany, Japan, Mexico, England. You know, really start doing the rounds as a big man that you really don't see a lot of big men do. So I really want to open the doors for other big men behind me to know, hey, we can hang with the best of So, man, I want to tell people where they can find you and, or do you have anything you want to promote as well? Go for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can find me on Instagram. Um, as I stated, I was going through a character reformation and officially now Black Thanos Barry to use uh, B-L-A-Q-U-E Thanos, like the character. Black Thanos B-H on Instagram, Black Thanos B-H on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Barry News, the fan page, not my personal page. I will not add you. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, and, and if you want to buy a shirt, the Black Thanos shirts are coming soon. Check out watermaneuver.net. We have some t-shirts coming soon, so please uh, like to try the city page, like the Magic Mall page. Um, show love, love the black wrestlers, man. Show love the gay wrestlers. Show love to white wrestlers. Show love to Asian wrestlers. Show love to native wrestlers. Just show love to wrestling. Show love to everybody, man. Love who you love. Damn right. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. Get your head to the pillow at the end of the night. That's all that matters. Mm. Just get your head to the pillow. No matter how bad you're feeling, no no matter how bad you think you're doing, you, if you put your head on that pillow, you got a you got a fighting shot at tomorrow.